Oh my god, back to Japan. Woo! Wild ass land. Woo! For another occult fiddling. Wee wee. Dog diddling. Woo! Samurai fiddling episode of Death Metal. My goodness, talking about Amshin Rikyo for the second time. Last time we went through Shoko Asahara's growing up, his rise to glory, his empowerment, his emboldened phase of life where he decided to go from a nice-looking athletic young man, did judo, perhaps preyed on the blind, to a big, fat, pink, sheet-covered, mountain wizard that sold cures to the hopeless and eventually evolved into full-blown cult leader which you can't be a cool cult leader unless you're having sex with everyone's wife Uh telling them that they're gonna be the only people to survive after the apocalypse but at the same time telling them that they're pieces of shit and abusing everybody just so you can buy more fast food and pink robes and live your life to the maximum extent. What if the whole thing is like based on food addiction and Pepto-Bismol? That's why he dressed in the robe, but he loved food. So Yeah, maybe he thought if he ate too much food, he could put that pink robe on and keep the indigestion away. It takes the acid out. (laughs) It's just the color. It's the color. Uh, man. <laughs> yeah, but fucking 30 seconds in, back to that voice. <laughs> I literally love the color pink. It takes me back. It, may, it reduces my stomach anxious. Still the funniest thing about, uh, I don't, did you have time to like check out an interview with this dude at all? No, man. Man, he couldn't understand him. I think the whole problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I couldn't understand him either, but the whole problem with Japanese culture at this time, they just got too hard-headed about militant samurai culture being passed on. We touched on it last time. You know, there was the samurai, and then the samurai were phased out because you didn't need to be a warrior culture anymore. You didn't need to be a strong person that wielded a sword. And they had a real strict code of honor, which I think got way over-embellished. Basically, what happened to Japan is that they were totally behind every other modern society. They were isolationists, so when like the the uh, mechanical revolution happened across the world, people started producing guns, uh, producing textiles, everything mass production. When they started doing all of that, Japan didn't even know that was going on, right? So Japan, before they were isolationists, were on par with the rest of the world. They were wearing the same shit, doing the same shit as everyone they traded with, shut themselves off from everyone, became their own closed down society. And then out of the blue, America, of course, <laughs> came over. I like how you burped as soon as I said America. That's very fitting. Yeah. America came over and was like, hey, Japan, I don't know why you dorks are over here all alone, but I know you got some cool shit and we would like to have access to it. And Japan was like, no, nah, I don't think we want to give you anything. But then they just had dudes standing out there in kimonos with swords and shit. And there was a boat full of guys with fucking machine guns. You know what I mean? So they were just caught off guard, way behind technology, and had to kind of get their shit together really quick. And so what happened is that... They got Tom Cruise to come over and put him in line. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The Last Samurai, man. He came over and modernized those boys. But they had a really quick transition. Now, there wasn't exactly like samurai times then. I mean, they were still had businesses, uh, yeah, and, and you know, like the ruling society. I forget the name. It's like uh, the Toltitian family. What the? Who cares? After the the feudal times, the new government that came in, something had to be done with samurais, right? You couldn't just let samurais live by this honor code where it's either if you disrespect me, I have to kill you, or if I'm disrespected, I have to kill myself. They couldn't have that in the streets anymore. You couldn't have people that knew how to fight everybody because if the government came and tried to tell them like, Hey man, you can't be out here past 10 o'clock at night. Excuse me. Shing. Can't have that going on. You got to control them. So what they did is they took samurais and they made them start doing the governing. So they basically told them instead of 
these ethics that you have towards the sword, use that strong will and feelings of honor, saving face, and apply that to business, apply that to the government, apply that to bureaucracy, like become a town official, lead your town to excellence by way of your nobility, but not with a sword, do it with a pen. So they had a really soft generation come after that. But that is how the people in Japan grew to be all about business. So what was fighting, you know, if you've ever read like the book of the five rings, that's way post actual samurai shit. It's like a business novel. You know, it's like telling people how to, or it's not, I mean, it was sold post that like people still buy it today. It's like wall street shit, like wall street fucking colleges. Right. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like wall street dorks buy that shit. Yeah. It's like how to do business. And, and so you just had all these people that were used to fighting transition to that part of society. So now no one knows how to fight. And then on top of that, they're very strict about everything. So then now they're trying to like incorporate modern world shit into their backwards outdated society. They've got tons of money and tons of resources, so they they send spies all over the world. And they still kind of do shit like this, and they infiltrate. They like go to school, find other cultures, find out what people are good at, take notes, bring it back to Japan. Japan just copies it and tries to do it better in their own way, and then that's kind of how their society builds upon itself. And then, of course, when they get nuked by us, it fucking decimates everything that they've built. Essentially, the country is just sunk. They start. We talked about this last week as far as they started receiving aid, so no need to bring that back up again. I'm just saying these people are extremely impressionable. And I mean that because they are looking for direction from somebody. And like I was saying last week, their emperor, after the nukes happened, had to say, hey, I'm not actually a god. I'm not actually anything more than a human. So don't follow me the way you were. He had to say it because they got fucking nuked and he couldn't do shit about it. So now you just have these people who are so used to being fed orders and they want to take orders and they take that very seriously. They're willing to die for the orders that they normally receive. So very susceptible. That's how we got to this point. Uh, And I'm bringing that up again in this episode and kind of telling it a different way because what's super surprising about, you know, last time we talked, we ended at the first death that happened in their camp, right? Yeah. The they uh, the first person died on accident, but through torture, and then his friend got mad about it. They killed him, burned the body to dispose of it, and then here, while all this is going on, and it seems like it's in chaos, their members are growing exponentially, but outside the camp. You know, there's probably 200 people that live in the main compound that they're in. So during that time, their membership had grown to over 7,000 in Japan. But the scope of influence had gone worldwide. You had people in Russia now. You had people in America now. Real weird things going on. Uh, part of that, and, and you know, I, I said it a little bit last week, but most of their propaganda that went out was by way of anime. They had, uh, like, comic books, essentially, that went out. And uh, Shoko Asahara was, like, the savior of the world. But he could do, like, all this cool magic shit in the books. And then they had cartoons made about it. Same thing. He's the hero of the day. And like all the sketchy shit's going on in the world. So, you know, like they're that's entertaining to people. They're looking at it as like a form of entertainment. But then at the end, you get caught with a message like, no, this shit's real. And people will look into it and find it. And so Shoko Asahara at the time became infatuated with Hitler, of all people. Mm. He started reading Mein Kampf. He read it six times front to back, he says. He thought that the cult should basically, what he said was empathize with the Nazis, feel bad for them. Now, they were, you know, allied forces during World War II. But I think that Japan was super mad at Germany after the war and like kind of rejected the thing. But his whole hang up was that uh, Hitler had this idea of taking over the world and he brought people along with him. And what Hitler was trying to do was save this group of people who were born into this country and he knew that the end of the world was going to come, and this is how he was going to prevent it. So they were like, so Shoko Asahara was telling people, well, I'm doing the same thing. It's just that Hitler was wrong. It's actually the Japanese people. It's us. Yeah. And everyone that falls into Am Shinrikyo is going to be the chosen people, and I'm going to lead you guys to make it through Armageddon. How or- do people not just, like, look at this shit 
And you're like, oh, it's got the same thing as the last cult and the same thing as the last <laughs> yeah, cult. Man, I don't know. How are you well, that there wasn't dumb? a lot of cults in Japan either. It's no, like it's no. kind of a new concept at the time. Because again, they were called like fucking uh, yeah, Aikido. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steven Seagal is just the main leader. Uh, you, you know, uh, everything had changed in Japan. Like the, things are more open. It's still really conservative. Things are more open though. Like. One of the things with Am Shinrikyo is that a lot of people complained about Am Shinrikyo to authorities, but they had this weird rule in Japan where if there was a new religion, the police would not investigate it at all. They would let it grow into a religion, and if they noticed problems after that, then they would look into it. But there was like a clause in the government, and that was just to foster new culture in Japan. They basically, after World War II, which you know was in the 40s, and here we are in the 80s, just 40 years after this, Forty years before this, that's not a lot of time in the in the scope of a culture. Yeah, you know, so things were really lax on looking at religions. What would have thrown me off is that this. So again, uh, Japan's really conservative. Like they don't talk about having sex and shit in public. It's like a it's like a different type of Puritan society. Like going back to samurai shit again. Just you you keep your shit inside of your house. And and that's what led to how weird Japanese porn and shit is now, you know? Yeah. It's just like all that pent-up shit. But listen to this crazy shit. So basically, after reading Mein Kampf a bunch and deciding that to be a good leader, he needed to write down his beliefs. Shoko Asahara, of course, wrote his novel, which I didn't have time to read the whole thing. The, excer- the excerpts I looked through, uh, there was there's like a, a, a website that has the whole thing and then the highlights of his important policies. Of course, the first thing I flipped to was his sexual outlook on life now at this point he was on some real weird shit where you know how a cult leader does it it's not even so much a sexual thing as to control people's minds you have to break down everything they believe in you it's going to be real hard to make somebody do crazy shit if they're still in their normal family unit so something that you have to do as a cult leader is tear apart the family unit because if you have a house of people and there's four of them there they're going to talk to each other if one of them says hey this is some weird shit that we shouldn't be doing the other three may say you're wrong but that starts the conversation you know yeah so they don't you don't want anyone to to do anything different than what you're saying and he would make the entire group of people living in compounds do insane physical exercises to an impossible degree just to keep them physically worn down. And then again, they weren't sleeping. They weren't getting properly fed. So they were all fucked off. And then on top of that, he separated the men and the women. Classic cold move. Get them away from each other. They're not a marriage unit anymore. And then he was having sex with every single female. You know, that's the move. It's like he can say shit like he's trying to spread his holy seed out and bring the new generation of holy children into the world, which his kids did some weird shit, which I'll talk about in a minute. But on the outside of it, the people that hadn't made it to the compound yet in his writings, he was talking about some weird shit with fucking, he wanted people to fuck. He was trying to get them into it, which I think the main idea with that is to get them real horny and then bring them into the compound yeah. and say, Hey, we're all about this open love shit, which in Japan is a shocking in the eighties. If you were like a conservative person here in the fifties and you saw the sixties free love shit, you're probably like, Oh my God, these hippies are fucking everybody. Disgusting. Look at these terrible people. Mm. But if you were like 20, you know, and what it smell like young, hot, patchouli covered ladies were just having sex out in the open. And you probably got a big boner about it. Man, patchouli Judy, I know. <laughs> patchouli Julie loves to give up that boner. Have you ever, uh, have you ever consummated with a patchouli Julie? Oh, dude, too many. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, the thing with it's patchouli, bad in a good way because it's I'll, always been goth, goth girls are just as guilty of patchouli and up oh, yeah, as like a fucking hippie. It's the same shit. They like yeah. they are. It's like dude, a goth, like a witchy type of lady. It's just a fucking the same hippie ass shit, but it like a, a, in, in black, you know? Because they're they're, they're all about that witch shit. Yeah, it's the yeah. same thing. It's like well, I believe in the earth, a natural thing. Like man, no, that shit's gross. I believe in uh, secret, you know. And like washing your asshole, yeah, I'm doing that. I mean, you just fire some Bauhaus and you got a fucking good time. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Like body smells, this whatever. I'm mean, that like sometimes hair, it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's not the biggest deal to me. If they got black in their butt, <laughs> we're off topic again about some dumb shit because we're talking about hippies. What the point is 
is that this is some, you know, early sexual revolution shit in his writings. But check this weird shit out. So this is how he tells men to behave sexually when they're looking to have sex with a new woman. He wants them to jack off 10 days in a row. That's regular. You jack off three or four times a day. I jack off every day. But you don't finish. You don't come. You don't nut. You don't skeet. You don't goop. You don't bust. You don't squirt. You don't spurt. I don't or they don't. You don't. Like I'm saying, you, you jack off, but you oh, don't finish. Oh, if I'm a follower? Yeah, well, you're reading his book. You, you okay. want to get into his teachings. But yeah. and what he's saying is this will transcend you, right? Spiritually, okay. physically, even. He's trying to teach people how to get superpowers. So the, the first move you make, 10 days in a row, you, you jack until you're about to come, but then you don't. Yeah. And then you just go soft and go back to normal. What 10 days in a row. A lot of people cheated. That That's just the start. 10 okay. days in a row, jack off, don't come. After those 10 days are up, you up it to doing the same thing, but twice a day. And you do that for seven days. No coming. You jack off twice a day. You build yourself to where you're about to release, and then you stop. Okay. After that, the next week, you increase it to four times a week. Four times a day, sorry. For all seven days, four times a day, dry jacking, no finish. So four times during the day, you're torturing yourself by, you know, the physical thing that happens when you're about to shoot is that you take the cum, you pull it in from your sack to your shaft, and you don't let it out. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, I mean, hurts. blue balls is kind of a myth, but it, it it's a little uncomfortable. Like yeah. if you get all boned up and you're, you can't finish. Right. It. Yeah. It doesn't feel great. It's like a Charlie horse. It's not. Ball. No, see, it's not that bad. I've never had that. That's I've a thing. I've had some ball pain, man. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I have had aching nuts if I had, if I haven't shot one in a couple weeks. Yeah, I used aching, to, but, but 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 like my nuts would hurt, you know. Yeah, yeah. I my one time I was fucking, you know, like, yeah. I grew up in a Southern Baptist household where there were, you know, you didn't really watch porn, and like if it was on, it was on a fuzzy channel, you couldn't really see nothing. So you, what you thought tits looked like were static. But anyways, I just whack off to the uh, Latin channel. Yep. And one time my grandparents were trying to check out the windows to see if if they need if we needed new windows or whatever. And my grandma had climbed up on the ladder to the room I was in. Which, so, like, I'm facing the TV, but behind <laughs> behind me is the, the room, you know. And I yeah. had this chair that I cut the – I turned it into a jack chair. <laughs> you got so, a jack chair? Man, what I did was I fucking cut the legs off of it. And I sat in Indian style, and I would just beat the fuck out of my shit. Well, anyways, she climbs down because she sees it. My grandpa climbs up and knocks and go, does, like, the finger wave, like the naughty finger wave. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. Because I was about to blow, you know? And then, <coughs> and then, like, five minutes later, he comes in, and he was like, you know that we were out there checking the windows? I was like, I didn't know that. And then, <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, your grandma saw you, and that's why I tapped on the window. I climbed up, and I was like, oh. By that time he said that, <laughs> my balls were fucking hurting. Oh, like my God. Dude, uh, I always, I feel, like I said, you know, if I don't get one out for a couple of weeks, then I will have some aching nuts. A couple of weeks? It takes a while to build up. I don't, it may not be that long. Man, I haven't, like, I, I don't think I've ever married. I've never, I have sex. I've never not. And, like, jack off if I don't. Yeah, I do, too. I never not come. Yeah, I but I mean, day. there's been a couple times, or like, dude, one time. Um, I've come every day since I was 12. One time when I was getting ready for a fight, I was on that shit where it was like, oh, if I uh, if I hold it, it's going to make me tougher. Yeah. You know, which it says in that fucking Gracie book. Like, yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah. sex, don't ejaculate. Not true. Total bullshit. Total bullshit. Oh, yo, after, a, I mean, my nuts started to straight up hurt. Yeah. And, like, hurt nuts. And uh, that was because I, d- I definitely remember that. And you know what's weird? I never have had a wet dream before. Yeah. Really? Never. And I that, I hear that like, isn't that what happens if you hold it for too long? It just comes out. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It never happened to me, but I've, but blue balls, let's be, let's be straight up because we have a lot of women listeners. That is a hundred percent like a sympathy tactic. That is definitely. Yeah. yeah. Be, because like everyone's heard of it. And yo, you so you remember, I know I've told the story on the podcast before where I was talking about that dude in my English class who it was, uh, the teacher was asking us to share like a, like a, like something that we felt about modern society. Oh, history class. Sorry. Something we felt about modern society that was going to change and something about homosexuality came up and this kid, uh, fucking named Chantry, I think Chantry. Yeah. yeah he goes, uh, he goes, uh, so there was like a Gothic kid that came to school 
I know I told this before, but whatever. There was a gothic kid that came to school every day in a dress. We got four each. There was a gothic kid that came to school. What are you on? In a two. There's a gothic. Stop, dude. God, you're throwing me off. There's a gothic kid that came to school every day in a dress. <laughs> he had like uh, the dresses with like the buckles on them and shit. Yeah. And he wore a different one every day. And he wore like eyeliner, um, glitter, like really had the costumes put on. Anyone would have thought the same thing. And this kid one time stood up and he was like, yo, let me say it like this. Um, this white kid. Let me say it like this. You know, people sometimes will say like, it's bad to be gay. It's whatever, man. You can, you can love whoever you want to. And the teacher's like, well, that's surprisingly nice of you. He's like, yo, like uh, like Jeff over here. Like, he's gay, man. And I think, I think it's cool, man. I think everything's cool. And he stands up and he goes... I'm not gay. <laughs> it's like wearing all that gossip. But yo, the same kid in the same class, not even two weeks later, was talking about this. Like, for whatever reason, this girl had been absent for a couple of weeks. And the teacher was like, I wonder what's going on with her. And he was like, man, she's all right. I was over at a house like last week. And she gave me fucking blue balls. I had to walk home with them. And I was mad as hell. <laughs> I was like, dude, this fucking retard just out here fucking. <laughs> but yeah, that's like the first time I got a, like I had heard about blue balls, but the first time I've ever heard them actualized, you know, like a physical, like I, wonder, I got blue balls and I was mad as hell. And I wonder if blue balls is like that thing where it just <laughs> like when you hurt, you know, how sometimes you uh, attribute that to a color, like definitely blue. Well, I guess it's like a bruise or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like a vein. But, yo, okay, so now we're establishing that it hurts to not come. It, oh, yeah. it, like, blue balls is not, it's it's like if we're making out with each other and I really want to have sex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. right. And okay. you don't want to have sex with me. I'm going to fuck you. And if I'm really pushing the issue, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm I'm hard right now. And if I don't come, I'm going to get blue balls. Yeah. And if you were like, well, I don't want that because I like you. It's just I don't really want to have sex. It's like, well, all right, well, can you like jack me off because I don't want to have blue balls? And you're like, oh, I guess. Right? That's like the whole use of blue balls. But imagine this. So I like, I like getting Look, I now like we're, up to, we're up to the point where for another week, you jack off six times a day for yeah. seven days and don't come. And after this week, you're ready to have sex with somebody. Sex with 10, so 31 days of cum brought from the bottom to the top, not released, built up inside your body. Uh, and so now, oh, dude, and I'm, what's funny is I saw a video of this. It was going around the Internet of this Asian dude, like not that long ago, who was talking about how to have sex longer. And he was saying the same shit, basically. He had like a formula he, but he was like, uh, the video is funny because he's like, rub, 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 rub. He's talking about like massaging your dick. And he's like, um, you know how you wipe your ass? Uh-huh. And you put the Because you put the toilet paper in your hand. You cover the whole hand. And then you either stand up or you're sitting down and you go from fucking back to front. You just scrape that thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you agree to that, imagine how people were like, yeah, yeah. If you agree to that. That's not right. <laughs> you're, you're very gross. You're getting shit on your balls. You're getting shit in your pussy. All right. So, you know, you fucking wipe like, your That's ass. how you wipe your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> you got shit balls 24-7. <laughs> so, you know, you wipe your ass uh, with like that full grip, you know? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like the forefinger. The cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're trying to fucking uh, like like let's say you have a giant fucking jar of uh, of like fucking something small, but it's got a huge opening up top. Yeah. So like if you were to reach two fingers in, there's no way you're grabbing it. So you got to go in with your whole hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're putting four fingers in. Uh-huh. Uh, th- that's what this guy was doing, but he was going from like his fucking taint to his dick, and he was like, you go rub, 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 and he was like a system accounting it out. He's like a eighty-seven times rub, rub, rub. He had to have gotten it from this. Because this shit gets absolutely bananas. And you already heard how many times you're jacking off without coming. It gets weirder. So now you meet a woman. You're going to have sex with them. Uh-huh. Now, how many times have you, how many one night stands have you had? And let's be real. Because I'll be straight with you. I've probably had three in my life. Three? I'm trying to think. Maybe. Maybe four, maybe two. You I know started, what I mean? It's not like it. It's I'm not started, fucking when I was like 21, man. So yeah. Like, let's see. Just not a lot. That's all I'm looking for. I'm trying to think, man. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna say eight. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't believe you, but okay. I'm gonna say it. Uh, I mean, they weren't like high so quality. When you, yeah, but so when you okay, so when you go, like you don't like even if you're making dirty talk and you're like, "Well, I'm gonna fucking tear that ass up," you would never get into like a very specific thing you're gonna do. Sometimes. Well, you wouldn't. Okay, so you wouldn't be like, "Okay, I'm gonna put my dick inside of you," and go to where it's almost out. And then go to where it's way back in. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to do that like. Because it's primary, isn't it? I'm going to do that like 49 times. Yeah. And then if I don't come by then, we're going to change position. You're not going to walk it's them through. It's not like a fucking model Star Wars well, you're, spacecraft. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're not going to walk them through the whole thing. Out, yeah. It's like I've been with the same person for 10 years. And I yeah. wouldn't even be like, this is exactly how sex is going to happen. So here's what you're supposed to do as a man. When you've been saving all your fucking jack off for 31 days. You're supposed to meet a woman, and then when you put your dick inside of them, you're supposed to go as deep as you can. Yeah. Which, uh, basically, generally, what you try to do probably when you have sex, in this situation, you don't just, just like one time you're gonna bust. Oh, for sure, dude, man. You, I have to like brain control that shit. And you scream real loud when you come. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> yeah. I do like. I mean, yeah. I mean, still, like I said, same person for like ten years now, and still, or like if you're like a like a big buff dude, and yeah. They don't expect you. You just go. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah. But you know, you know, like sometimes now when I've like been doing a lot of foreplay, like put it in, I have to like be like, wait, wait. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like sometimes you just get that excitement built up. So, so now you're supposed to hold. Like you're supposed to put it all the way in, hold it. And do 81 male Kegels. 81. Where you just like, I guess, keep your dick there. And the only way that I can think about doing a Kegel is like, uh, you know how when you get a bone? Yeah. And you can make it go up and down? Uh-huh. Like you can like squeeze. Yeah, you can flex it. Yeah, you can like squeeze. But it's like kind of yeah. squeezing your butt. Yeah. And it makes it like pop up and down. Yeah. I guess it's that. 81 times, right? Without stroking at all. You just keep it in there. What a weird thing to do in front of a woman. But yo, then, <laughs> but then, then yo, yo, then you mash it up nine times. Mash it? Yeah, well, like six big strokes. Man, I just thought of a potato or, or masher. Not- <laughs> just fucking put your dick <laughs> yeah, in a bowl yeah. and mash that boy. But you give it nine strokes, you know, like nine pumps after you just did 81 Kegel. And this is real shit. It's really in the book. Oh so you do nine strokes, like nine times. You count that out. Then... You fucking keep it in and do 81 more Kegels. And then when you stroke nine more times, it's supposed to fucking give you a superpower. When you're working. No, no. I'll say it time and time again. When you're working with pork. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta be slow. It takes time. It would be a fucking miracle feat for me to hold it that long. But two, I mean, like you bring a woman home. You take their pants off. No foreplay. You go all the way in. And then you fucking count 81 butthole squeezes. What is she thinking about? She's probably trying to move, you know? I don't know. What the fuck's going on? Because Japanese people are like, oh, they're spiritual. I've tried to. (laughs) It's something I've never heard of. (laughs) I know he's very zen. There is a zen. I'm attracted to only zen me. <laughs> yeah. I recommend Rende Zen. I only read the zen men in. Fucking, uh, meanwhile, that all this, <laughs> meanwhile, that all this fucking's going on. I mean, they're bringing people in because it's horny city. Again, this is a repressed Japanese culture. So if you're a young man reading anime magazines... Falling for all types of dork shit, and you get the idea that somewhere out there is a woman that is gonna have sex with you after you do weird masturbation shit, because you de- okay, you definitely know you didn't have sex till you're like twenty one. Yeah, so you were doing weird jack off stuff. Oh, for I sure. mean, <laughs> you just said you made a jack off chair. So, <laughs> if you thought- I used to jack off inside of the fucking hymnals at church and then put them back. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Yeah. <laughs> I hated him, man. You would jack off in the hymnal at church. Yeah, and the youth. And but the youth. then just put it back. I just put it back, man. Because I would have to get there early. Cause I mean, dude, I'm not with God by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah. that's just old people touching your cum, dude. So? 
<laughs> Sam, our grandparents. My grandparents. All right, man. Oh, they, you they own go, it. I'm with it. They do this shit called singing seniors. They go sing to these old fucking people in nursing homes and shit. And they're like, you want to go? I'm like, no. So I just stay back and I'll, I'll just wait until a youth group starts. But it would be an hour before. And so I just fucking go in the bathroom and I started on one end. There's like four pews up in the up in the youth thing upstairs. <laughs> I started on one end. And I was like, man, okay, this is the first one, second one, third one. <laughs> it took me a while. Like weeks? Um, Yeah. Because I could bust like one after another, man. Well, I would pray to God, literally, that if I got one of those cum hymnals, it would be like the third one you nutted in that day. No, no, no. I only did two at a time. Yeah, okay. The first one was huge. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, man. We like, turned the page whatever, man. It was just yeah. like dog slobber peeling apart a goddamn tuna sandwich. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man. Well... Yeah, now, meanwhile, while this sexual revolution shit is happening, there's a dude named Tsumi Sakamoto. Now, he is out there in the streets. He's got problems with cults. Uh, he had some family that was in the Moonies. You remember that weird shit? It was from Korea, became the Unification Church, spread all throughout the world. They would make they would make mass marriages. They would have all these people get married to each other, like 30 people at a time. Just some weird-ass cult. Uh, I think it's still going today, but like the main guy went to prison and shit. And I think he may have died in prison here nor there. He had, he had got notoriety by suing the Moonies at the time called the unification church. So he was known as an anti-cult lawyer. Now Japan doesn't play fucking like Mori Povich shit. Yeah. Especially in the eighties. They like, you don't have goofy ass programs in Japan. No talk shows. Every, everything's reserved quiet. So the dude wasn't like out in the media exposing shit, but he was known through cult people. They have a fucking weird show where uh, you have to answer questions while you try to guess whether or not a dude or a woman's jacking you off behind a curtain. Well, today they have that. They didn't have that in the eighties. Not hard to figure out. Cause if it's a dude, do you think so? Good at jerking you off. Yeah. Women aren't good at giving hand jobs. I don't know. I've, I've had some rippings. I've had some ripping hands. <laughs> some ripping hands. Some ripping, I've never some had ripping heges. And he's like, yeah, well, you don't do this very much. Ah, man, uh, there's been some cool ones out there. I mean, it's not my favorite thing in the world. No. We were talking about fucking a whole lot. Yeah, because it's a cult, dude. That's what they do. Yeah. It's always funny to me when I start talking about, like, consistency at come, and then I think about that. Literally 60% of the people that listen to this podcast are women. We have more women that listen to men. Yeah. And we're talking about... Just come the whole time we've been talking about skeet. It's important for them to know. Yeah, I mean, I get. I'm trying to. I'm, I mean, on the I YouTube. try to. I'm trying to frame thing as like a perspective to them because, uh, and that's a most cults. Women are like second class, which really sucks. I mean, that's also Japanese culture at the time. Definitely like that. They want women to be subservient. Uh-huh. That's a big thing. And women, I mean, they say they want to be subservient. I doubt they want to, yeah. but that's the way of life that they know. So, you know, people are getting treated like shit here. Now, Satsumi Sakamoto is gaining knowledge about Aum Shinrikyo. Like I said, at this time, 7,500 members, 200 people living on this campus. It's a well-known cult. Um, So he looks into it. And, of course, what he finds out by looking at their propaganda is that this guy is basically claiming to be a god. He's claiming to levitate, claiming that he can go through walls, claiming that he can see the future, all this crazy shit. He's seen it all before. He knows how to prove that this guy is not anything but a regular man. And the way that he wants to do that is to get a sample of his blood, take it to a doctor, have it analyzed, prove that it's not a God. It's just a man. Yeah. A fat man, a fat man in a pink robe. Rallies. Poor hygiene. Rally's hygiene. Rally's crew member hygiene. Yeah. Uh, and I so, saw those fries are good. Those guys sweat over that grease. And so what he does, which is pretty smart, he takes an ad out in that uh, science fiction magazine that everyone reads. The uh, What the fuck's going on in my brain? Twilight Zone yeah. magazine. He takes an ad out, challenges Asahara to present a vial of blood for him to go get checked. Asahara is basically has to agree to it because it's in the public and that's where his main draw is coming from. That's where he sells shit. 
gets people's addresses to send them the propaganda. Let me guess. <laughs> he fucking somehow is like tells everybody, he's like, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to turn my blood into real human blood. No. He just agrees <laughs> to sample the blood. Guy takes the blood, gets it analyzed. He tells Asahara instantly, as you knew, your blood is come back regular. You are man, not God. Oh, what I, I was saying earlier about Asahara's voice, you know, he said you couldn't understand it. It's always in Japanese, but what, like everyone talks normal. Like people are obviously speaking in Japanese, but it's at like the same, you know, if, if someone heard us talking and we're not screaming about come, we're just talking regular, just sounds like a conversation. That's yeah. how they, you know, it's just like, uh, but this dude continuously, like never drops the character you know what i'm saying like Checkmate, hard man. samurai talk all Checkmate. the time <laughs> always doing it uh so of course he finds out this is where sakamoto fucked up is that he wanted to taunt and he called him and said i got your blood back oh blood regular motherfucker i'm about to tell the press Shoko Asahara gets together his main crew, which remember to be a priest in Amshinrikyo, to be among the inner circle, you had to give up all your physical possessions, give up all your relationships. And also you'll remember he had people poeing each other, which was the cleansing where he had them physically attack regular members of the cult. Like their salvation was through punishing people that they didn't want to punish. That's how they got rid of their sin. So if you did something wrong, and you wanted to absolve yourself, you don't want to hurt just a regular member of your society, right? <clears throat> but you have to do it because that's how you cleanse your sins. And then the cycle goes that the person that's getting you know, hit with a stick or dunked in cold water, the cycle goes that they are purging their sin that way. So you're purging their sin and purging your sin at the same time. So that's how these people are indoctrinated. They're used to doling out physical punishment, right? So he gets this crew of guys together, his top crew of that, and he assembles a group of three that seem like they're really into what he proposes out of the main group. So he sits first, the priest down, his inner circle, and he tells them that Sakamoto is an evil man. He's done lots of wrongs to many religious organizations, and now he's coming for theirs, and he's full of shit, and he's got the limelight on him, and he's going to spread a bunch of lies. So they, in order to keep themselves from getting caught up in Armageddon need to send his soul away by quote in a means inner means in a means oh in a means inner means send means the like, soul away buddy. fuck to death is inner means <laughs> I gotta send to death man it ain't far from that so the people that seem the most interested in this are his head scientists his martial arts expert on staff. All right. Fuck yeah. And a new doctor that had come onto the team. Same thing. Yep. I'm a doctor in the martial arts sciences. I use a scalpel. So the gang gets together on November 3rd, 1989. They travel to Sakamoto's apartment. Um, <clears throat> what they were trying to do to start with was wait outside of his work. When he came from the office, they were going to kidnap him with ninja tactics, take him away, kill him somewhere secluded, get rid of the body. Okay. It had to happen this day because he was going to come forth the next day with the evidence, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they go to his office. They wait for hours. He doesn't come out of the office because it's a national holiday. Whoa. So they fucking blew it. Well, yeah, because they don't celebrate national holidays because they have their own shit. It's a Japanese national holiday. Doesn't matter. They're not Japanese. They are fucking. Oh, you're talking about warriors. Yeah. 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 Yes. I get you. Yeah. Correct. They aren't even like on the same page as that. They're not living in regular time. They're shunned off. Like they're not paying attention. They probably don't know if it's Wednesday or Thursday. You know what I mean? They don't have media. They don't have watches. They don't have clocks. They're off of that shit. Can't find them there. So they know they have to come back with him. They go into his apartment that night to go ahead and try to silently kill him. So to silently kill him, they bring potassium chloride. Yeah. Uh, I don't know a lot about potassium chloride. I assume that it kills people. Yep. Okay. High doses of it. <clears throat> so 
They've got like eight syringes full of potassium chloride. They've got knives, hammers, ropes and shit, just in case. Yeah. Anything goes awry. When they break in, you would think having a fucking scientist, martial arts expert, and doctor, two of them are smart. And one of them is supposed to be an expert in martial arts. Mm -hmm. He should be able to sneak through a house. Because I always associate Japanese martial arts with like sneaking around, (laughs) throwing smoke bombs, chopping shit up. You know what I'm saying? As soon as they get in, they fuck up and wake up their one-year-old child. Child starts screaming. The fucking dorks run in the room. They cover the kid's face in a rag. And as they're smothering him, they inject a child with potassium chloride. Mm. As they're injecting the screaming child with potassium chloride... Sakamoto runs in the room. Sakamoto runs in the room. He chose to attack the guy, injecting the potassium chloride. The other two guys jump on him. One of them strikes him in the head with a hammer. When he falls from that, they inject him with potassium chloride. Mm -hmm. He's not dying, and so they strangle him to death. They beat his wife to death with a hammer, inject her with potassium chloride, which doesn't kill anyone. They have to, like, physically kill them on top of it. Like, they thought that this was going to be a smooth way to... They're going to do it... You're going to see how these motherfuckers basically blunder every single fucking chemical attack ever. Well, they probably they probably had one dose for the potassium chloride spread out three ways. Yeah, I mean, they're not that great at, at using biological no. fucking chemical weapons and shit. You say that. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, you're going to see that it goes to grand fucking proportions. Um, that's so fucking dumb, man. God damn it. Yeah, so that's fucked up. Like, they killed yeah. this whole family. I mean, they wanted to just kill the guy, which is fucked up as it is. They leave. You know, Japan's fucking weird. Like, I, I, I couldn't find much about it. As far as news outlets go, before anything came out with um, with uh, Amshin Rikyo, like being well known after they did their big attacks, all I could find is shit post that, and it only said things like that no one was investigated for six years. So you know they probably found the bodies, but in order to keep everyone calm in the neighborhood and shit, they probably never said anything about it. You know what I mean? There was probably never like a super active investigation. Um, but once that murder happens, uh, shit gets kind of weird, you know, because these three guys were like super into doing it and everyone in the cult knew about the blood test because he brought it up. Cause he was like, I'm going to prove these motherfuckers wrong and, uh, nothing ever came of it. So people were thinking about that. So <clears throat> he comes up with this next plan and he's always like, I mean, this is a common cult thing. It seems like to me, especially like the ones I know about, you know, Jonestown, Waco, um, fucking, uh, the, uh, Heaven's Gate, Heaven's Gate, um, Order of the Solar Temple. Like these motherfuckers change their plans all the time and they have to find new ways to get people to fall into what they're doing. Yeah. They have to come up with a new reason, like God talked to me or whatever. So God talked to Shoko Asahara and he decides that he's going to get the whole team on board and get 28 members to get elected into the government. And that the reason 28 is because that's how many, like, I guess the way that Japan works, like, you know, here how if uh, you're in an office and you're like an incumbent, which means you've been uncontested in that position for fucking years and years and years. So, like, basically, if you're a Republican, nobody in your party could run against you because you already have that. But a Democrat could run against you. And then chances are they're going to lose because you've been do, you've been that for like 10 terms because people like you or whatever. Japan's kind of similar, except there's not another party. It's not like a two-party election system, really. It just seems like nobody can contest people that have been there for a long time. They kind of earn their way in. They've been doing a good job, so there's no reason to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. But there's 28 open seats in government. So they take 28 of their smartest, best members. They're going to run them for office. And to do that, the way that they advertise is they, you know, the TV ads, signs, regular advertising, but they also have all their members dress up and go door to door. And you got to think that uh, the only time that they've been outside of the compound once they've moved in there is to be outside with fucking the tinfoil hat with electrodes and LSD mm. coursing through their veins. Yeah. So they're not used to being out in normal society because that's one thing that he's been doing is trying to break them away, teaching that society is evil. The, the life that you came from was making you miserable. It's a terrible place to live. It's going to be burned to the ground, and you don't want to be part of that. You want to separate yourself all the way. I would have joined. <laughs> yeah, because right you're so away. sick of the world. I'm tired of it, man. <laughs> I get it, man. Fuck. 
everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take me sure. away. <laughs> Give, <laughs> Take me me LSD. away. Give me LSD. Give me LSD. So that you know, a lot of members fall off already because now they got a taste of the world. Uh, all 28 members lose, literally all 28 of them. And so that makes everyone that was just going door-to-door campaigning that got a taste of how regular the world is, and they remember kind of like, you know, it's not that fucking bad in comparison to living with all these cockroaches and rats and eating fucking slop all the time trying to get by and live. Fuck this shit. I would rather just go home and watch TV and eat delicious ramen, you know? So once they all lose, they're like, well, this how could this guy be a god? If he was God, then shouldn't, like, at least two people have won? Couldn't he have used his fucking special powers to get people elected in the office? Hundreds of members bail. And remember, there's only like 200 on campus, so he loses a big chunk of what he's got going on. And But, of course, we, he's got a few people still there. He doesn't lay down and die. He doubles down on crazy shit. Uh, he gets his scientists to weaponize botulism. Cool. Which is like, you remember when you were a kid, your parents would always tell you to not buy a can that was dented? Yeah. Because you could get botulism? Well, apparently botulism is like actually a deadly fucking disease. Yeah. I just thought it was like shit in your pants, food poisoning, and you do shit your pants. It's like 48 hours of violent vomiting and diarrhea, but it blocks your nervous system completely. So it like stops the communication from your brain to your lungs and heart. So all three of them stop working. So you just shit yourself to death? To death. The horrible fucking death. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, (laughs) And so they uh, come up with this idea that Japan is the center of the world. It's the most important place. Okay. And that when God's judgment comes upon the world, he's going to come to Japan to to ride for them. And they're going to go with him because they know the secret. They know the truth. They're doing the right things. And God chosen person is Shoko Asahara. And if God comes and they haven't done what he wants, he's going to judge them too. And the big evil thing now is he's saying that the United States of America is the enemy, which is easy to make people think because they yeah. fucking bombed him. Uh, and so they come up with this idea. And they are. They, they, he, <laughs> he, he tells the people and knows that the USA can't, they, like they can't do anything to them themselves. But what they can do is topple Japan's economy, which he thinks will topple USA's economy, which he thinks will topple the world's economy, which will rev up the fucking clock towards Harumageddon. And that way, God will come back pleased with what they did because they're helping him cleanse the earth. He's not having to do as much work. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're, they're they're just being a good helper to the Lord, sweet Jesus above, when he comes and rains fire down upon the goddamn planet. I think this is like the setup to fucking, uh, what's that fucking Chris Farley movie where he's a ninja? Uh, American Ninja? I don't know. Something fucking fat. White Ninja? Something cool like that. Yeah. Haru. Yeah. I'm Haru. Yeah, that's what's funny. I, I thought about that too because it's uh, Harumageddon. And I was like, yeah. what is that where he like holds that pot on his wrist and fucking, oh, Shnikes, God, bah, and fucking drops it. And then Liu Kang comes and saves the day every <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Haru, you have saved us again. Uh, so they come up with this idea to to fuck up Japan's economy. They're going to weaponize botulism. Get the scientists working on that. Makes botulism a weapon. They're going to spray it all over Japan's version of Congress. When they all die, there'll be no way to fill that gap in. So their economy will topple. So everyone else's economy will topple. So they take a car they rig it with a spray mechanism. So the idea is they're going to drive around and spray botulism all over the fucking grounds where these senators are at. They're all going to catch botulism. They're going to go in, fucking shit themselves to death. And uh, they, 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 they really do it. They fucking rig the car up and they drive around. And they think they're going to kill all the members of Congress. Oh, fuck. I'm shitting my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but the spray didn't do shit. Literally. Oh, Not even one person got a case of diarrhea. They make tweaks and try it again. This time, they take their fucking car and they spray poison all over the Prince of Japan's wedding. Now, you cannot make food poisoning a weapon. It's food poisoning. Yeah. It works when it's a bacteria that you ingest through food. So you can't make a fucking spray out of it and spray people with them. Absolutely does not work. You could poison somebody's food. Yeah, but not everybody's. 
Like yeah. it, it just isn't where it did. It, you know, they fucking fail at that. And so Asahara sees this giant failure. And now he reads the Bible front to back to get, you know, before he was very familiar with revelation and he was just stealing that. He wasn't letting people know like the Japanese people didn't really have any knowledge of revelation. So he was just like aping the idea and make it sound like it was his idea, but he was kind of making himself Jesus. But now he claims after reading the Bible that he is Jesus. Like there's too many similarities between him and Jesus. He, he finally realizes that he is the second coming of Christ. Like he's now here to combat the antichrist and he is sent to end the world. It's up to him. Yeah. It's not like they're going to do something that makes God want to come back. It's actually him. That is Jesus. And so now he has to end the world. How um, does America feel about that? Oh, they didn't know about it. That's good. Cause yeah, that would piss them off for sure. Yeah, like, you know what? You're what? General Schwarzkopf. There's 3%. There's like 1% of a uh, Japanese population that think they're uh part of this uh, comeback of Jesus. There's one guy that thinks he's goddamn Jesus. Yeah. Let's blow him up. Yeah. Tell him it's everybody. You know when <laughs> Stormin' Norman Schwarzkopf hears of that shit. Yeah. I'll tell you one goddamn thing. When I was in the goddamn desert, there wasn't no goddamn Jesus. I know where goddamn Jesus is, and that's in heaven. And let me tell you, sure as shit, ain't no goddamn Asian country heaven. As white as his robes flow, so is his skin. Ain't no Japanese boy, no god. That's I'm dumb. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Lighting a cigar up. <laughs> I don't know why I went to Norman Schwarzkopf. I guess because it's the 80s and he was like the big war figure then. Uh, one time, this fucking dude, when I used to work at the gym, at uh, the MMA gym, you know, I had to sell people memberships. Yeah. This fucking kook comes in. I thought it was like a candid camera setup or some shit, but he, he's for no reason at all starts talking about 9 11. Yeah. And like, this is a time when I was like really into conspiracy shit, you know? And uh, he's like, starts to ask me questions. And I think it's like some type of setup, you know? So I'm like, yeah, you know, like there wasn't really an attack on like the Pentagon. There was no plane. Yeah. He's like, oh, yes, there was. Yes, there was. And this is just like a shitty old dude, like nobody important at all. He's like, yes, there was. I was in the Pentagon having brunch with General Norman Schwarzkopf, and I saw the plane come through the Pentagon. Like, so you, what what did you do in the military? He was like, well, I wasn't in the military. I was a janitor. Okay, so you, a janitor, were having lunch with fucking Stormin Norman Schwarzkopf on September 11th, 2001, when a plane flew into the Pentagon. And you and Schwarzkopf saw the plane together over mimosas and eggs benedict. Oh, yeah. Nope. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. <sighs> Guy is still riding for that story. He fucked a dog to death. Did he really? Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Fucked man. a dog to death. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's Makes the guy. Makes sense. I was put two together for a second. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck is he talking about? Oh, yeah. Fucked it to death. That's a little too inside. Wait, choke fuck it? No. So, look, this guy is claiming that he's Jesus, right? He, he would need to hang on to his most devout followers with a divine purpose like that because, again, they're living in absolute hell. Yeah. And it's getting worse and worse because as he loses more and more people he starts skimping on shit to save like uh they they were making this fucking food called a bitter cookie uh that, and this is the, the recipe for this bullshit <laughs> it's a dirty pussy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna 80 run strokes inside of the bitter cookie before you can ejaculate uh so he's like slurry stinky but the recipe for this gross <laughs> shit is in his fucking book which makes no sense because he's trying to attract people anyway you know but that that's like that holistic like part of the earth shit yeah like oh you just got to strip down to the essentials but what's fucked up is that the they they were making botulism in the same fucking place that they're making food at so like people are getting violently fucking ill all the time uh, they're just living in dog shit. And again, he broke families up. And in, so like, and when he took the mom and dad apart, instead of like designating who the kids were with, it really didn't. So the kids just kind of ran free. They're like in packs and shit around the Whoa. fucking compounds. Yeah. There's like packs of wild kids, but they're all sick. Uh, they get, they all have really fucked up rashes. Again, hygiene is bad. They're not supposed to wash. Remember? Because that is takes away from your purity. You're supposed to be like one with the earth. Uh, you know, they're fucking hungry. These kids are just wild. It's like your house. Is it? 
<laughs> Mike can't take baths. Uh, bugs. Oh, man. Wild yeah. attitudes. Wild attitudes and bugs. That definitely happens. Baths happen, though. Yeah, sure. So Shogo Asahara's daughter mm. is put in charge of the kids. Yeah. Guess how old she is. I'm going to say 12. Nine. Close. Okay. Yeah, a nine-year-old is supposedly... That's mature. That's his third daughter. And supposedly she's in the holy line of, like, repopulating the earth. So she is in charge of the kids, and she's fucked up. She tortures the kids, burns them with acid, sticks fucking thumbtacks under their fingernails at nine. Nine. What? I know this is fucking insane. Where is she at now? Great question. I Googled it. They didn't give her name out on the thing, so who the fuck knows? Well, well, a lot of them are... She's probably in prison because when they put Asahara to death, they put six other members to death, including the the fucking crack team, martial arts expert, scientist, and doctor that... uh, But they're going to come up in the third episode that we get to where we talk about the subway attack that uh, Austin Riccio is most known for. Like, their role in the subway attack. Of course, this is, like, the power team. Yeah. Uh, they all have a role in that, and they fucking, you know, they just got hung recently. They really just it. accomplished a lot of shit, though, not like the power team? Uh, well, the no, I think the power team accomplished more shit. Like, they did cool shit. The power team, like, the Christian going to yeah, schools, like, tore, ribbon phone books. torn fucking phone books. Yeah, but they fucking got money to buy cocaine, did cocaine. Okay, you're right. You know what I mean? They had a good time. I never... That was fun. They ain't cocaine. They were probably listening to Manowar. I did cocaine once. Mm-hmm. I know it's fun. On another podcast, you said you did it twice. No, I did do it twice, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, what's weird about this shit, with all the dismay in Japan, he's got like people in Russia now, and supposedly that's growing out of control. You know, I just don't understand religion shit, you know? Yeah. It's like once you plant a seed and it becomes successful, there's almost no way to stop it. Like once you reach a certain point, you can just do whatever the fuck you want to. And somehow some part of it, like uh, the children of God, right? Yeah. Like uh, that totally busted open, proved to be bullshit, proved to be terrible people. That's still going. Yeah. Um, Scientology, dude, what the fuck? Uh, the Mormonism? Like that guy, It like once the internet came out and you could find out that Joseph Smith had been arrested for being a fucking con man like five times before he came up with Mormonism. Still a goddamn religion. Yeah. Well, I would say once you reach a certain point, like people are never willing to admit that they've been wrong, especially on some shit like that, where you get your whole family involved and especially in Japan. Well, the thing is, it's a sure sign when you're sending young people out to recruit other people. Right. Mormonism does that very thing. Right. Well, next thing that happens with Shoko Asahara, real Hitler shit. He starts doing drugs hard. Cool kinds, because, you know, again, he's got a lot of scientists on tap. Yep. Amphetamines and but but like amphetamines that his fucking doctors are making. So it's not like, like, you know, they're coming up with compounds and everyone's on them, getting everyone juiced up. LSD. They got their LSD. um, Have I told you about that show? Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. Uh, Yes. Uh, it's it's a good fucking show. If you can watch it, you should. I like it a lot. Uh, the dude's cool. It's on Viceland. But it's like a dude that goes around and uh, learns about how psychedelics are made, what they do. It's always funny because he's like a real chill dude. And somebody will take the psychedelic and just lose their goddamn shit. Just wah, screaming, spitting, coming, fucking spraying everything everywhere. And then this dude will is just like take it and just fucking sit there and be cool. <laughs> like not even fucking... Do people come on psychedelics without fucking? No, I don't think you can come on psychedelics, period. Okay. Uh, and then, so like, um, LSD is what is going around here. But on the uh, Hamilton's Pharmacopia, which producer Marcus told me is also on Hulu, if you want to check it out. Uh, like I said, a great show. I don't recommend a lot of shit. That That's a good watch, like start to finish. Uh, like when my fucking dog Fedor died, I w- was watching that and just kind of like... You know, kept watching it for the next week. And uh, it was good enough that, like, I never took attention away. And he does a different drug every time. Anyway, enough about the show. Except that he talks to this guy who, like, made the, like, basically blueprint on how to make LSD. And his alias was Dr. Buzz. And that's like a, that's like a minute point in that show. 
but they got this manual to a scientist from this dude named fucking Dr. Buzz. Cool. He's the one they call Dr. Buzz. He's the one that makes LSD tight. But anyway, that's how they learn how to make acid. Apparently acid's kind of hard to make. Mm-hmm. And not, in America especially, like people won't take the risk because, you know, if you even have the chemicals to make it, you could go to prison for forever. Yeah. So it's not something that's commonly made. Um, so these they're making their own LSD, giant fucking batches of it. I think at one point they had like 90,000 hits of LSD on tap. Woo. But he's doing it every day, you know, uh, and he's mixing it with amphetamines, which doesn't seem like fun at all. Yeah, like I would I never mean. like if I've had a wild trip on a fucking psychedelic, I would not want to do it again the next day. I saw riding a motorcycle on a neon sign <laughs> in the Texas bar right there. <laughs> uh, and he's also like when new members come in, he has to have sex with the women. And he gets them all hopped up on acid, and he's on acid. I could not have sex on acid. No. Psychedelics are weird to bone on. It's always, dude, one time I was trying to get busy with my wife, and I was on acid, and she was on a little bit of acid. And, uh, dude, I was just seeing, like, weird shit, like, just totally dissociated from it. And I would see, like, shit with flies on it, just like for no reason, just like disgusting things. And I was like, I, why I gotta, I can't, I don't know what's going on right now. Like I've never had like a weird off put. I wasn't like, I've never, except that time I went real deep on mushrooms, like hallucinated, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it, it wasn't like a hallucination. <laughs> it was just like, that's all that was going through my head is like gross, like super gross decomposing shit. It was weird. Yeah. So it's just not a, it's not, well, that's good. You didn't come to It's that. not made for, <laughs> yeah, it's not made for that. But he, and he also is giving it like he's sneaking it in food and, and then allowing people. And, and at the time, like they have straight up factories. I mean, they're produce. They're starting to produce weapons. They're making fucking machine guns, like AK-47s. We'll get more into that next week, so I'm not gonna like drop the whole thing on that. But and they're they're making their own clothes, their own food. They have like assembly lines. So he's making everyone work, everyone do physical shit, and he gives them some people the option of taking the amphetamines. He's like, yo, if you don't want to feel tired, take this shit. And then he's lacing shit with LSD, so people are dehydrated, just totally fucked up all the time. That they lose like 25 people. Like, like dead because they're fucking overworking, dehydrated, taking fucking drugs and also having accidents. You know what I mean? Like you're in some primitive work environment. It's not like OSHA came through and made sure everything was safe. You're fucking burning yourself to death, dropping shit on your head, falling in holes. And uh, they fucking have to cremate these bodies. Right. So they're looking for like a funeral home device to incinerate bodies in. And they just have a fu- They find this fucking thing that's like called some type of something microwave like a you know, it's a japanese word there's like no it's like hokusunto microwave so it's like basically a microwave that makes a super fucking hot heat and you have to put a metal barrel with a body inside of it and it like incinerates all the skin and shit so you're just left with ashes and they're like throwing 25 people's ashes at the bottom of mount fuji and shit and when someone dies, they don't tell other members. He comes up with a real fucking genius way of dealing with it. And he's saying that the disappearances are USA's fault. Whoa. Like America's coming in and kidnapping people because he's Jesus. He could have got away with it in this time period. Yeah. But, well, I mean, obviously people believe it. Like I said, the people are committed to it. Uh, there, There's a lot involved in that. Like, it's impossible to go back and admit your faults. You brought your whole family into this. People are sick and starving and dying. Your friends are all fucking dead. Uh it's just hilarious to think that America would, like, make that happen. Like, yeah, why don't we go and steal all these fucking malnourished ding-dongs who got sucked into this cult by watching anime? We really need them over here in our country. Let's uh send the troops in and pop them out. And then, like, you know, basically people are getting sick all the time because fucking botulism is flowing through their food. Just blaming America for everything. So now he has created this giant enemy that they have to fight against. Which just further inundates people to believe that what they're doing is right. They begin manufacturing weapons, and that is where we gotta leave off. They're starting to make physical weapons to take on mainly America. I bet there's other places that are doing that too right now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, fucking Afghanistan, jihad shit. I mean, that's. See, my thing is this, man. If you got a problem with a world leader, your world leader 
should be able to kick the other world leader's ass. Well, then Putin would be king of the world. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm going to get rid of all this fucking fem shit where everybody's being fucking soft and they could do leg locks and they could just, uh, yeah. I mean, it, don't blame everybody else that lives in that country. We don't right. make those choices. Well, sure, but I mean, this is fanatical shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's just giving them something to be fanatical about. Guys, we love you. We do. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to check out our Patreon, patreon.com backslash death metal dicks. We got a lot of people that support us through that. We love you for it. There's a lot of different tiers. Basically what we do is we give you a episode extra me and buddy talking to every other week. Producer Mark told me that he just got the live episode finished. So I should be able to get you guys that this week. Patrons our top tier patron, bad motherfucking supporters, essentially producers of the show, the behind the scenes people that we've met through this thing that are wonderful people that kind of make it all happen that uh, have helped us get this thing a lot bigger than we thought it would be. Bobby Henderson, Ryan Parker, Matt Mess, Casey Gaden, Ash Rude, Cam Catrun, fucking top tier, taking care of us fiscally, believing in the product. We love you guys. Uh, anyone else that's given us anything, uh, we're so grateful for a penny. You know, yeah. It's awesome that you believe in what we're doing. You like what we're doing. Uh, that just is encouraging, especially when I get a hundred fucking emails about saying that Slipknot made one good song. It's nice to look down memory lane and my friends that I've made through this. But no, feel free to talk shit to me. I don't mind. Uh, best way to do it is deathmetaldicks at gmail.com. It's hard through social media because everything goes to message requests and I usually don't see those, especially when I click on message requests and I see that there's a hundred and I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just not even going to fucking touch one of them. Did you touch any of them? Like three. And I was like, I get it. Uh, you're making fun of me. That's cool. I don't mind. Uh, it's fun. But after so many, it's like, what am I just going to like respond back? Yeah. Just like take a picture of my asshole and send it to everybody. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, uh, if you want to hang out with us online, best place to do it is on Facebook. We got a group, Death Metal Dicks. You just type in Death Metal Dicks in the Facebook search bar. Click on the groups option, and there we are. Click add. It's a private group because one time we opened it up to public for a day and got like a million fucking spams. You got to keep it private. Yeah. Uh, but it's not closed. You just click it. We'll add you to it right away. You don't have to answer the questions. The only reason the questions are there are because uh, to, to keep the fucking spam out. Maybe you've seen your grandpa's dick, and you want to... You know, maybe send us a, a picture of Dude, that no, specific situation. Don't do that. Don't. Why? Don't. Uh, and then we're on Instagram, <laughs> Instagram.com backslash death metal dicks. Uh, we're always here to interact with you. We like having fun. Uh, we, I'm totally on board with you making fun of me. Deserve it. And buddy, too. We'll tease with you back. We're having a lot of fun doing this shit. We're glad you guys are, too. If you check out our YouTube, we do the live. You can get the podcast early every week. We record it on Wednesday nights. comes out on Friday. So you can sit, chat, talk shit with us, uh, fucking make fun of our shirts. Whatever you like to do. All right, guys? Uh, Hail Satan is a cool fucking guy. Hail Satan. Giving him a big high five. Uh, song this week, Diocletian Doom Cult again, because we're going to do it throughout the series. Ripping fucking track. Highly recommend Diocletian, especially if you lift weights. Great band. We're fucking out of here, right? We're out. Hell yeah. Let's get it. Woo!